Liz Rao definitely has a quirky sense of humor. She's an author and now a podcast host. But recently, she's undergone a major change in her life. VSG Bariatric Surgery. Now she's on a journey to discover health and happiness. Join her as she navigates this new world. This is Life with Liz. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Life with Liz. Before I get started on today's podcast, I just want to take a moment to thank each and every one of you for listening to this podcast. You know, it's something that I do... Um, therapeutically for me, and it's kind of how I track my journey. And I say all the time, every journey is different. Everyone's body is different. And we all go through these processes in the bariatric field differently. But yet, we're all together. And we're all talking to each other and sharing in this community. And I just want to thank you for letting me share with you. And many of you have shared my podcast with other um friends in the community who are also going through the journey, and I just really appreciate it. It it takes a lot to bear your soul, no matter what that journey is. You know, I'm not just talking bariatrically, but it takes a lot to really share insecurities and find the confidence to talk about things that maybe you were once ashamed of. So for anyone out there who is ready or already is bearing their soul, send me an email. I would love to have you come on the show. You can email me at lizrowinfo at gmail.com or, of course, find me on Instagram at lizrowofficial. But I would love to hear what helped you through your journey, whatever that may be. So with that said, just thank you. Thank you very, very much. All right. So in the past week, I have been in Mexico. And let me tell you what, it was so fun. I went for work. It's not like I went for vacation. And before anyone jumps on the bandwagon, like my kitty cat, if you can hear her, she's joining. But um, it is safe to travel if you follow the guidelines, the protocols and the procedures. And when you go to Mexico or any other country, you get a negative antigen test to get back in the country. Very, very easy. Wasn't difficult. So don't blow me up in my inbox because I followed all the guidelines and all the safety procedures and I'm self-quarantined upon return. So with that being said, I love Mexico. I love it so, so much. And because I'm down there for work and I'm, I'm not laying on the beach all day, I actually walk like six miles every day. So I feel like I really upped my exercise routine, and uh, I'm down for that. So because you eat in these restaurants, they're definitely, it's not like you would normally eat. You're probably not as calorie restricted, and you want to try things. So I feel like I had a good balance, but now that I'm home, I am going to take it nice and light and easy this week on my stomach, not so much for like a calorie restriction, but to just give my body a rest after eating such delicious yet heavy uh, food. So you know, life is all about balance. I wasn't going to just eat just a piece of fish and nothing else because you got to live. And part of the culture of Mexico is trying the food. So I did. I did small teeny bites. I stayed well within my restrictions on portion control. And I had a great, great time. I'm also proud of myself because I hit all of my um, protein numbers every single day and all of my water levels. And I had not one protein shake. I did it all by food, which is 
something I've been working towards. So I started every morning off with a double egg white omelet with veggies in it. Um, For lunch, I would have a piece of fish and some veggies and pretty much the same for dinner. I never had any dessert. I'm not a big sugar person anyway. And I did have a few glasses of champagne, but they bought a bottle of Moet and Chandon Imperial Ice. And how could I say no to that? I mean, it's good champagne. It's not like I was drinking the cheap, crappy, semi-sweet, full of sugar crap. You know what I'm saying? So I enjoyed it. That's really my point, and that's what I'm getting to. And I wore my new Carpe Diem Seize the Day shirt from my website, and I got to tell you, I got so many compliments on the flight down. I mean, people were just like left and right, like, where'd you get that shirt? Where'd you get that shirt? And I was like, it's mine. (laughs) So, uh, oh, so humbly, she said. Um, But anyway, if you're interested in something, I am feeling super loving towards all of you all today. So I do have a promo code for 20% off every item on my site. Normally, I just do the bariatric collection, and it's Liz20, L-I-Z-2-0, Liz20, for everything off your entire cart um, and my clothing items, my clothing collection on lizraofficial.com slash shop. So uh, yes, I have a bariatric collection, but I also just have things under Liz Rao collection that are just more my personality, and I have a travel collection as well. So lots of cute stuff. I've even added in some sweatpants, and give, give it a look, see, and if there's something that you think needs to be created, bariatric or not, send me over a message, and I would love to create it, and I'll name it after you, even. So All in all, it's been a fun journey, a fun trip. I did miss my husband, but it was nice after, what, 11 months of quarantining together to take a small break because we've both been working from home 24-7. On my flight home, I got to thinking about things that helped me post-surgery. So last week, I talked a lot about things like pre-surgery, you know, whether it was your mindset or changing your grocery list or just getting used to new habits. So, with that being said, there's a lot of things you have to change post-surgery. To me, the most important thing is to follow your doctor's instructions. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a doctor. These are just my opinions and my journey. But you go to your doctor for a reason. He gives you a plan. He gives you a diet to follow. He, he tells you to exercise. He tells you how much water to drink. He tells you how little caffeine to drink. And you go through these classes, you go through the program, so why wouldn't you continue it post-surgery? For example, eating too soon. I see this a lot on boards where people are like, oh, well, I just was so hungry, I just decided to eat, and then I threw up. Well, you just said you ate when you're supposed to be on liquids. Of course you threw up. Your stomach is not healed. Part of that diet is so your stomach can heal. It's major surgery, you guys. So think about it in the realm of am I really hungry or do I just mentally feel like I should be eating right now? Because there were times when I would smell food that my husband was cooking and want to throw up. I was like, oh, the idea of even eating right now makes me sick. And there were other times where I was like oh man, I can't wait until I can have some spaghetti sauce, you know, know? and spaghetti sauce was really one of the things I did crave because I love Italian food, Um, but honestly, post-surgery and lifestyle and diet, it's something I don't crave as much anymore, so that tells me it was definitely one of my comfort foods, 
But if you try to eat solid foods too soon or you high in sugars and fats, you risk harming, 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 harming or damaging, there we go, yourself. And that could result in so many side effects, including nausea, including vomiting, stomach cramps, but it can also uh, cause dumping syndrome, especially if it's too high in fat or sugar. That's going to give you the shakes and you're going to not feel good. Something that will go along with that is if you're drinking while eating those foods, it's just going to be straight up diarrhea city and you're going to feel terrible and then you're going to get really dizzy too because your body is looking for different nutrition to power your journey. So follow the guidelines postoperatively that your bariatric program recommends and check in with your doctor often. Number two, don't go back to work until you're ready. Especially right now in our new virtual world, people are willing to work with you so you can work remote. Especially if you say I'm having major surgery and I I feel like I can sit at my desk today, but I don't feel like uh, I'm able to really move around that easily or I don't feel comfortable driving yet. Go back when you're ready. The average person goes back after two weeks. I was coming off a furlough and I was actually supposed to go back the week I had surgery, so my job was nice enough to push it off for a week, Um, but I work from home, and my boss was very understanding, and I came back to a completely new company post-COVID and furlough because things had to change in order to adapt to this new world, so I spent a lot of time reading and listening and watching webinars my first week, so it's not like I was really, uh, you know, taxing myself. It's not like I lift anything or, um, you know, have a lot of exercise to do during my day. But go back when you're ready. Um, A lot of people will want to exercise sooner, too. So my doctor actually said at two weeks I could start riding a bike or walking. I, I took it easy. I will be the first to say I just listened to my body. And when I felt like I could walk or exert myself, I did. Um, I was one of those people who definitely had the disease. And I, I think I've spoken about this. It seems relatively like deja vu to me. I had the disease, and I probably had those for three months solid, where every time I'd stand up or I'd move too fast or I was behind in my water for that day. So you have to listen to your body. By the time I got to six weeks, I felt comfortable exercising, but I still got those disease. So I still listened to my body, and I didn't push myself until I was ready to push myself. With that being said, you know, tip number three is exercise when you can. A lot of people go gung-ho right out of the gate. I got to walk five miles a day. I got to lift weights. I have to do this, this, and this because you're trying to keep up with the Joneses on social media. Listen to your body. Exercise when you can because you, you have to strengthen your muscles. You need to get back to walking as soon as possible in order to make the tool really work for you. But you don't want to, you know, do things like develop a hernia or start overtaxing yourself and then your body is struggles even more to heal because now there's too much exertion. So the best thing to start with is cardio exercise. You know, start with your walking and then start doing cardio machines. Don't lift weights or start really pushing yourself hard until you feel you're ready. You know, a little extra step every week builds up over time. Don't feel like you have to keep up with Susie on Instagram because she's posting this calendar that she's worked out every day and walked like 80 miles this month. That's her journey. Great for her. But you don't know how she feels. You don't know 
if her numbers are coming back good from the doctor or they're giving her good reports, you Instagram is really not reality, you know? So you have to listen to yourself because nobody else can do that for you. Here's a big one and one that um, one of my friends is, is really struggling with. Never miss your checkups. They're there for a reason. One, to keep you on track, but two, to make sure you're physically healthy. If you feel like you've hit a stall and you're not proud of yourself, do you honestly think your doctor hasn't seen that before? How many surgical patients has he had? How long has he been in this business? Or or she, how long has your nutritionist been doing this? You're, You're not the only one going through this program, so it might be better to go in and see your doctor and get a small boost of confidence in something from him that nobody else can give you. I know my doctor and I have a very good relationship. I can email him any stupid question and he'll answer it. And sometimes I try to give him questions just to throw him off and just to see if I can stump him. It's kind of a game for me. But um, with the right path of diet exercise in listening to the professionals and your team, you're going to be okay. You really, really are. So I'm losing my voice again. I, I feel like I say this every week. When I don't sleep, and in Mexico we had a lot of late nights and early mornings, I tend to lose my voice. So I came home and my husband's automatically like, you have COVID. And I'm like, no, I don't. And he's been checking my temperature like every hour on the hour all day. I'm still quarantined, bro, so I'm good. But all right. So I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Off track. Continue to educate yourself. That's a hard one. And I try to, you know, find some sort of content every week for this podcast. Sometimes it's really a little stream of consciousness. And there are weeks where I just feel like this is a week I don't have anything to say. But you have to continue to educate yourself on new foods, different foods, because the same diet is going to get boring every freaking week. There are things like instead of spending extra money on chicken or beef broth or flavored protein... You can buy your favorite broth or soup and add in unflavored protein like um, like zero carb, isopure, or there are like isotope powders out there. But um, when you're on your liquid diet, for example, like it doesn't have to be boring. I see people all the time. They're like, "Ugh, this broth is so disgusting. Well, yeah, I thought the same thing. And it was because it was out of a box and it was meant to be stock in a soup, not dinner. So I took cans of soup that I liked that had a clear-ish broth, you know, they, they weren't a cream broth, I guess is what I want to say, and I'd strain the guts out of them, way more flavorful, way more tasty, and I could stir in a little protein powder, and voila, I had a much better meal. So you don't have to make it boring, guys, mix it up. And there are days where I still do that just to give my body a break. The other thing my doctor was like really impressed with was that uh, how good my vitamin routine is and how I've narrowed it down to just the vitamins I've need. I did my research, you know, they re- they give you some to recommend. Those made me nauseous. So I I did my research. I got out there and I found the one that works best for me. And I take my vitamins every night before bed routinely. I take my biotin, I take my multivitamin, I take my calcium chews with vitamin D, and then I take melatonin because I need it to help me sleep, or at least get me to sleep. Let me put it that way. Melatonin will never keep you asleep. But for me, it kind of calms down my body, because we've talked about this. I have anxiety. 
So it just kind of helps me. And let me tell you what, all of my numbers were staggering. You don't need this powder and that powder and this protein. And like, find the cocktail that works for you. You get your blood test with your doctor. He's following up on everything. He'll tell you if it's working or not working. I am interested in adding in a vital collagen powder into my smoothie or my tea just because I've been reading a lot of boards. I don't like to read reviews on websites where they sell it because like, duh, things are going to be filtered out. So I like to go to boards and find people who go through different journeys and different things and kind of review it. And there's a lot of positivity out there right now about that. So I'm willing to try it. I say try it for 30 days. If you don't notice a difference, then it's okay. You don't have to keep doing it. Not everything works for everybody, but I'll, I'm going to try it. I'll let you know. The other big, big tip I can give you is to know when to ask for help. And that kind of goes back to following up with your doctor and staying, keeping your appointments because they're there to help support you. And sometimes questions pop up in those conversations I didn't even realize I had. But it also kind of reaffirms that, okay, this was the journey for me and I am on the right path. And it it kind of makes me feel good too to talk with a counselor or to talk with the nutritionist and just know that my idea that the right diet for me is is correct for myself and that she agrees with it from her perspective as well. So no one to ask for help, even if that means just commenting on someone's YouTube video that you're watching or a podcast or Instagram or on a Facebook message board or going to your own support system. There are times I tell my husband, okay, I really, really want chocolate. Do not let me go get it at the grocery store. Do not let me put it in the cart. Remind me of of this discussion. So, because every once in a while, when I'm a bit hormonal, mama likes a piece of Dove chocolate with almond in it. But the thing is, you can't just buy one freaking piece. No, you have to buy a whole bag. And that creates a waterfall effect. So, he's my support system. I ask him for help when I need it. And he does. He does. He helps me. So, know when to ask for help. There are a lot of people, I don't, I don't have this issue, but there are a lot of people who are on prescriptions prior to this. So my next tip is don't don't get off your prescription too soon just because you think you can. Make sure a doctor is comfortable with it because you're on those meds for a reason. So things like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes medication, those are things that you need a doctor's advice before stopping. Just like I would ask my doctor before stopping an anti-anxiety medication medication because it's a serotonin booster and I don't want to like mess up my brain. So think about that. Um, you know, my last big tip really, it's uh, calories. You do need to track them to see if your protein is worth the calorie content. So someone gave me a rule once and it generally works for every gram of protein there should be 10 calories. So if something is 90 calories, there should be 9 grams of protein. And it, it doesn't always work, but it's a pretty good metric system on making sure that the calorie is worth the um, content because there are things that you can do, like you could drink your calories away and then you're not getting any nutrition. Like, um, you know, a lot of people go back to drinking soda even though they shouldn't. And diet soda is worse for you than regular soda. They go back to drinking sugary drinks. They go back to getting milkshakes. They go back to eating ice cream. 
um, which isn't really drinking it, but lattes. I know someone who goes to Starbucks every single day and she orders like a, a triple grande mocha frappuccino with extra whip. Well, that sucker's 600 calories. 600 calories times seven adds up. That's 4,200 calories. And that's more than a pound. So think about it in terms of, is this good for me? Is this going to help me in my journey? The more I cut some of those things out, the more the better I felt, to be honest. Wine is something where I drink my calories, so I know I can't have it very often, even though I do love it. So I had that champagne in Mexico, as I said, but that's it. You know, I, I knew my limit. I knew I could really only indulge that night. The rest of the time, I drank water. I'm totally happy with that. So really mind your calories. Make sure your nutrition is always your priority. You, even if you haven't gone into surgery yet, if you're listening to this pre-surgery, you know, that's just a little tip from me to you. So there, there you go. Those are my tips like post-surgery, the more you know, with Liz Rao. And I just want to say and reiterate again, this is your journey. Do your research. Do what feels right for you. Don't use your Facebook groups as a diary. Don't go on there to, to bitch or whine. Use it proactively. Don't treat it pe- people who are helping you like they're a research center. You know, if someone says you just try liquid IV, don't ask them to send it to you on what it looks like. Just say, okay, thank you, and then Google it. It's like really that easy. So keep that in mind. With that being said, I'm proud of you for going on this journey. I'm proud of you for making a decision to take control of your life. It's not for everyone. It really, really isn't. And I can't say what it was like to go through RNY or the switch, but for the sleeve, you know, I've had other surgeries that had a longer recovery time. I had an ovary that died because I had a tumor and the tumor ruptured. And by the time the tumor ruptured, the ovary had already died, but they didn't know it. So let me tell you, the healing from that was by far worse than the healing from this. Were there things that surprised me? Yes. Yeah, betcha. Were there things that I expected? Absolutely. You know, like the hair loss, everyone gets really hard on that. I expected it. Does it get me down some days? Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, I can't really fix my hair like like this or like that anymore. I have to wait. But I can see the little baby hair start in their little wannabe fro when I have my hair down. Or um, I try to slick it back and they kind of curl back up. So it's coming back. And my hair is growing back. It's just going to take time. So you have to logically process some of these things because the journey could be quite emotional. But if you ever need help or you ever want to talk, I'm here for you. Let me know. There are a lot of triggers in this world and a lot of people who are willing to help. So if not me, if not your doctor, find a support system that works for you. All right, guys, my husband and I are making dinner tonight. It's nice to be back. And I am going to go and hang out with him now. So let's talk soon, shall we? Thank you for listening to this episode of Life with Liz.